So I've been I've been in like looking at a what I could only describe as a cursed thread of forbidden items. Um Ryan Brown uh, at Toad's Anime on Twitter tweeted uh, please share horrifically cringeworthy gamer stuff. Oh. I'll start. Um, started with one I've seen before. It's not pleasant. It's, uh, I am a gamer, not because I don't have a life. Oh. And then there's images of, like, Skyrim, of the Dovahkiin, Adam Jensen. Because I have many, isn't it? But yeah. because I choose to have many. <laughs> and it's just all of these protagonists. If only we didn't live in a society. Yeah, well, we, uh. we do live in a society. There's a lot of gamers rise up shit in this thread. Um, <laughs> I contributed a classic from uh, Control-Alt-Delete. Uh, not... That one, uh, but the one where he addresses Jack Thompson, mm. uh, which is a bit of a classic. Uh, where is it? Yeah, I went. I went old school. I won't read all of it. It's t- dreadful, but uh, it's that one where he addresses <laughs> Jack Thompson. Uh, my name is Tim Buckley. I'm a 24 year old gamer. I've played every violent game in existence, and I've never killed anyone, etc., etc., etc. We outnumber you and the people that think like you. Don't fuck with us. <laughs> So uh. someone replied to that saying that they were going to raise me, um, Edward here. Uh, now, I I refuse to believe this one is real, but it is some, oh, Jesus, fuck. It's a picture of the Joker from Lego Batman mm-hmm. with we are gamers, we are badass on either side of it. So you fought in Vietnam. That's cute. We gamers been there too, as well as World War One, World War Two, the French Revolution, the Crusade, the ancient Egypt, and in the caveman oh, age. So don't oh, mess with us, you sissy ass bat. Oh, 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 that one cannot be real. Oh. That one cannot be real. I like the picture here that's like, like implying that the Wii U is great because it has so much stuff, and it's like a guy with two bayonetas. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, nothing uh, else. That one, like a fine cheese with wine, pairs well with a Miiverse post that's also in this cursed thread that says um, the best thing about the Wii U is rubbing its success in the faces of PS3 and Xbox 360 <laughs> fans. Oh, words to that effect. Here's a lovely one full of, like, uh, binary code and people with hoods on and skulls, because, of course, uh, a list. Things you can never do. One, insult a lady. Two, not to laugh at family guy. <laughs> Three, have IQ and like pop. Four, threaten a gamer and live. <laughs> uh, do you- have have you forgotten though, guys? Gamers are the persecuted minority, and as when you when you bear that in mind, all of these we will rise up memes are actually quite inspirational because it's a a, a persecuted class having to rise above the the tyranny. Gamers, gamers shall no longer sit at the back of the bus. <laughs> I'm gonna play my switch at the front, and if you tell me to go to the back, I will say no. <gasps> we need to remember. And, and I've, I've been meaning to say this for a while, but I've had enough of, of pop culture and, and everything that it's done because they targeted gamers. Mm. Gamers! 
Now, we're a group of people who will sit for hours, days, even weeks on end, performing some of the hardest, most mentally demanding tasks over and over and over, all for nothing more than a little digital token saying we did. We'll punish ourselves doing things others would consider torture because we think it's fun. We'll spend most, if not all, of our free time min-maxing the stats of a fictional character, all to draw out a single extra point of damage per second. Many of us have made careers out of doing just these things, slogging through the grind all day, the same quests over and over, hundreds of times to the point where we know everty little detail, such that some have attained such gamer nirvana that they can literally play these games blindfolded. Do these people have any idea how many controllers have been smashed, systems overheated, discs and carts destroyed, eight and frustration, all to latter be referred to as bragging rights? These people honestly think this is a battle they can win. They take our media. We're already building a new one without them. They take our devs. Gamers aren't shy about throwing their money elsewhere or even making the games ourselves. They think calling us racist, misogynistic rape apologists is going to change us. We've been called worse things by prepubescent ten-year-olds with a shitty headset. White people were a mistake. They picked a fight against a group that's already grown desensitized to their strategies and methods, who enjoy the Battle of Atritian they've threatened us with, who take it as a challenge when they tell us we no longer matter. Our obsession with proving we can, after being told we can't, is so deeply ingrained from years of dealing with big brothers slash sisters and friends laughing at how pathetic we used to be, that proving you people wrong has become a very real need, a honed reflex. Gamers are competitive, hardcore by nature, we love a challenge, the worst thing you did in all of this was to challenge us. We're not special, you're not original, you're not the first. This is just another boss fight. Edit, thanks for the gold, my good gentle says. I was like, I had to I had to give up soundtracking you halfway through there because it just went on for so much. But just... <laughs> Until maybe a third of the way in, I was like, the terrible thing is this could be applying to me and Pokemon. Like, when it was going on about just, like, uh, obsessive hours spent playing, learning all of the ludicrous minutia. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I'll just, like, it'll stop here. And I'll go, like, ah, but also, like, oh oh no, I'm a bit like that with some games. And then it just kept going. I was like, oh, oh. Oh no, oh no. If it didn't have the persecuted combative tone, yeah. I mean, that, that's a fair point. Gamers are quite good at focusing on things, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, if there was if, if there was a hint of self-deprecation to it. I, I would love to rewrite this as just a plain text like, Hello, video game people have lots of practice in, you know, doing these kind of skills. And as such, you know, they, they are... They are you know, quite good at persevering when things get tough. And as such, you know, if sometimes we feel like we're facing adversity as gamers, I think we can pull through it. Let me ask you a question, though. Would either of you be interested in a T-shirt that reads, don't piss me off, I'm close to levelling up and you look like just enough XP? Oh, dear. So, not now, (laughs) but, like, 16-year-old me would have fucking loved that. Here's the thing, right? Being a fan of stuff and celebrating it, that's fucking awesome. Of course it is. That's re- I, I think that stuff is, is cool. We do it every week. Yeah. But you don't need to make it a big combative thing. 
I'm not going to make any judgments on those t-shirts because like when I was uh, about 16 probably I did own a shirt that say it said normal people scare me so like yeah I mean I'm 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 wearing a fear factory t-shirt right now so I can't really say anything <laughs> I mean I've got I'm I'm wearing a starscream shirt like the edgiest Decepticon. When I was in school, I wrote, like, Satan laughs as you eternally rot on the back of my combat jacket and black marker and thought, and thought, and thought I was the shit, you know? I, I had a shirt that said I'm only wearing black until they invent a darker colour. <laughs> you know, teenage angst. Right now, I'm looking at a picture of Cuphead and someone's very helpfully put the text... Next to him that reads, late as if your boyfriend identifies as a feminist and voted for Hillary, he probably has a boyfriend too. <laughs> now, I don't know why they've dragged Cuphead into that. I don't think he asked for that at all. I'm going to scroll immediately over the MS Paint fan art of a, an original Sonic character called Cold Steel the Hedgehog. We're not going to look at that at all. <laughs> Does that mean everyone who voted for Hillary is gay then? That's, I think, I think that's what they're trying to make Cuphead assert. That means the, the, the gays are a much bigger demographic than I thought. It's like 60 million. Indeed. You might even say, if, if everyone who voted for Hillary is gay, there are more gay people than straight people in the US. Because remember, she won the popular vote, everyone. And that's, that's just math. That's just math. That's, that's just gay maths. There's one of these things in the thread here. It's a picture of Boogie. Now, I have to say... There's been moments where I've seen Boogie say things that made me roll my eyes so hard mm. they nearly came out my ears. But, to be fair, the picture someone linked is him taking the piss. They picked the wrong picture. Yeah, he's not, he's not doing, he's having a bit of fun there. That's, that's a Francis video, isn't it? A lot of the Francis stuff I don't get. And like, I, I, well, I mean, I get what's going on, but I, I just don't care for it. Yeah. But that video where he is cackling as he pours Doritos and Mountain Dew into a blender and, and just sets that shit going. That was the wrong one, because that one... There are other things you could pick there, but that was not the right one. There is a t-shirt that says gamers make better lovers because they know all the right buttons. Plus Francis yeah. is exactly that. He's a he's a parody of, you know, super extreme hyper gamer. Like. He's a, yeah. Yeah, it might just be too convincing for me, that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it really... Oh, there's one of all the jokers of the, the J... Oh, yeah. J Leto? Jared Leto? Jared, not J Leno. Jared Leto. Oh, is he... He's the damaged. He's the damaged one, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The the newer Joker from Suicide Squads under him. New School, Fortnite, PUBG, Clash of Clans, Far Cry Five, Overwatch. Then it's the Heath Ledger Joker. Old School, Modern Warfare Two, League of Legends, Angry Birds, <laughs> Black uh. Ops Two, Bioshock Infinite, and then uh, Jack Nicholson, Ancient Gamer, Halo Three, Gears of War, Call of Duty Four, Fallout Three, Portal. Oh. Uh, whether young or old, brand new or classic, we are all gamers. We snipe our enemies, complete our quests, and oh. most of all, we get shit done. I guess what i'm trying to say is don't met and this is all with periods don't mess with us i i just i i love that that is old games i love that that is like the oldest games they can think of oh yeah uh even if you're playing games as old as portal you're still a gamer it's okay yeah yeah Someone said this in response to my control delete post, but I think it, it counts for a lot of these things at this cursed thread. Um, who, who said this? 
Tim Seafield. So many words to simply say, I just saw Fight Club and think Tyler Durden is the coolest. (laughs) (laughs) I think that says it all. I'll stop doing that now. I'm sorry for bringing curses and hexes onto the podcast. No, I have have appreciated this curse because I've been having a weird energy today and these curses, I think, were what I needed. I needed to focus my energy somewhere. It puts things in perspective. Um, Obviously, there's... We're the last people to say there's something wrong with liking games, but uh, mm. when when it crosses over from appreciating the the medium to self-aggrandizement, I am a warrior on the front lines of the gamer battlefield. Someone once asked me um, to make a song, which was going to be in the style of Dragon Age, and it was. The idea they wanted me to do was to have the gamers as the forces of good battling. I'm not exaggerating here. Battling the evil armies of the game journalists who want to destroy the world of gaming. Uh, I was just... I was like, I get being passionate about your hobby. And I get that like game journalists can often say very silly things. Of course they can. But Jesus fucking Christ. Come on. I mean, yeah, it gets... You don't need to rise up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um obviously look, I take I take stuff way too seriously. I've got an entire channel devoted to mostly that. But uh I feel like there are there are lines. <laughs> oh yeah, there was one of your video titles recently actually. <laughs> it was like that's like something straight out of it was something like destroying publisher excuses for or demolishing publisher excuses for something other and i was like that's super gamers rise up i know i am not my best title like it was it it was what i felt it did like jim's gonna be wearing a joker in this video i was like yeah i should have picked a, a better title um i wanted something definitive of like, yeah. this is the one to go to for various excuses made on behalf of the the AAA industry, but it did turn out very sort of, if not the, if not edgy Joker shit, at least sort of Buzzfeed these five pictures will crush your soul kind of thing. Yeah, mentioning Jim and the Joker and that sort of context, I just have in my head the mental picture of now of like, you know when the Joker's walking away the Heath Ledger one from the hospital and it's like blowing up behind him? Yeah. I'm now just picturing Jim's face on the Joker and like an EA on the Mm. hospital and it's like, ah, we have made we have made memes. Oh, that would make me upset. I did dress (laughs) as the Joker on a very old Jimquisition once, pre-independent Jimquisition. Um... It was a lot closer to the, you know, Camp Adam West Romero Joker than mm. anything else. Um, and I just, I, I don't know why I did it. I think it was just so that I could <laughs> smile at the camera and say, let's do a smile near your face. Um, welcome to uh, Podquisition anyway. Hello. Podquisition, rise up. Rise up. Uh, hello, Laura. How are you? Have you been rising up lately? I'm 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 doing good. I'm rising up. I uh, had a good week. My 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 butts book is a hundred percent funded now, Fuck so I yeah. can stop spamming people with links to that every day. Being like, "Hey, hey, do you want to buy my book?" Uh, so that's good. I've I've been back into writing the book, which has been nice because like during the two months of crowdfunding, I was just like, "Ah, numbers," and um, I'm feeling my writing groove at the moment. I'm I'm in a I'm doing good. 
Cool, cool. Got some good work in the pipe. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad about the book being funded. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I want that book. Mm. Uh, I want to see all the butts in it. And Gavin, how are you? Rise up. How are you doing, Gav, today? Rise up. You never stop the gamers rising up, bats. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a society. I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. Fine. Grand. Good. Got my Red Dead song out. It's doing good. My album's gone off to be mastered. That'll be out next week. Nice. But yeah, all good. Ah, what's everyone been playing this week? What are you all, what are you all been putting in your in your in your gamer eyes while you rise up? Been playing this um a, uh, new game that's uh, just come out called Fallout Three. Oh, oh yes, that new Fallout game, the one that everyone's talking about. Been 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 playing lots and lots of that. How's that? How's your uh, you dip back in been going? It's still a really, really good game, and I really like it, and I think that game gets way too unfair of a hard time from people. <laughs> yeah. But I'm biased. It's been it's been a while since I've really stuck time into 3. Yeah. Like, I, I need to go back and give it another good chance at some point. It's my favourite one still, of them all, and uh, I, I actually, I shared a video yesterday of a guy, um... He was defending a lot of the the criticisms that Fallout 3 gets as just factually not true. And it's really weird because I hear people make a lot of criticisms about things in this game. And I've thought for years, I'm like, that's just not true. That's not the case. Like that you, like one of the big criticisms I always hear about this game is that you don't get choices in how you go about the missions. And like every mission has five or six ways to do things. Now, there's one or two of them that, your two choices are to be ridiculously stupidly evil or to be a goody two-shoes. And that that is very silly. But a lot of them aren't like that. And I think maybe people just played the main quest and a few side quests and didn't explore off into the map where you find all the really interesting quests in that game. Yeah. See, that's that's the thing. is I, I know I'm maybe in the, the camp of people who might be a little harsher on it than is necessary because I... I... I tend to play Fallout games just playing through the main story. Yeah. Like, that's generally how I play a Fallout game because, like, open worlds, they're very hit and miss for whether I want to actually stick in those worlds and do all of those side quests. Mm. And I know that the first time I went through Fallout 3, I was very just focused on get through the story, which I, I appreciate is not how that game is meant to be played, and I might have harmed my own experience by doing so, but... It is what it is. Yeah, because the main quest in Fallout 3 only has a couple of great moments and it's mostly kind of meh. Yeah, it's definitely like a lot of the, the stories I hear about that game are stuff from side side content that I never really engaged with and like, uh, I should probably go seek that stuff out. Like you're talking stuff that's seriously on the borders of the map that like probably understandable that a lot of people never found them. Yeah. Mm. Do you know? Because it's really when you wander out into the into the really vast empty spaces of that game is where you find a lot of the gold in this, you know? Mm. I did not like Fallout 3 when I first played it. I didn't quite mm. get it. And I did stick mostly to the campaign, so it was over before I... Just as I was starting to get into it, it was over. Yeah. That was a terrible decision. Yeah. That that en ending the game at the end and not letting you free roam. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That 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 was the thing is the way it ended kind of dissuaded going back in to keep 
going. Yeah, it yeah. pissed me off because I was like, it's just, I'm just starting to find my form with it and now it's over. I don't want to fucking start that shit again. Fuck it. And I went back to it met <laughs> a lot later and, and after playing a, a lot more of uh, the original Fallout, actually. Um, mm. And that actually contextualized it. Like, I've, I realized for a lot of people who really like the, the originals, they didn't care for Fallout 3. But the original Fallout contextualized Fallout 3 a bit more for me, and I appreciated it a lot more. And, and now, you know, I've played through it a couple times over the years and like it very much. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, like, once, once you've completed a game like that and the story is out of the way, that for me, that's the time I want to jump back in and experience all that side content is once I know, like, the story's done, I don't have to stress it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Funny enough, you're for for building your character and all that. It's actually um, the main quest, isn't that like the way I play Fallout Three now with mm. in, with like all the obviously it has broken steel and everything now, and I'm kind of I'm not min maxing my character, but I like to get all the good shit, you know. So I just kind of wander around because I know the game so well at this point. I wander around getting all the cool guns and the kind of the little things like the lucky eight ball that gives you one extra point of luck mm. and just. I find it so fun going back and rediscovering all these quests and places and remembering just how cool they all were. Like, for example, just off the top of my head, I did the one today with the fire-breathing ants. And from the way you discover that to the way you end it, it's so cool. There's so many different ways you can do that quest. Like, you can... um, I'm not... I don't want to spoil it even, but, you know, it's just... I don't know. I just... I think this game gets such an unfair rap. And when it comes to atmosphere, none of the other modern fallout games come close to fallout 3 yeah. like the world in fallout 3 is a fucking masterpiece i would disagree there personally mm. not to say you're wrong obviously taste is subjective um but for me yeah. fallout new vegas was the one that really it gave me the the environment that i resonated with me the most oh wow okay fair enough yeah i found that the world in new vegas felt much more um quickly thrown together well i mean it was it literally was bethesda gave them 18 months yeah for me like for me it's all in the little details in the environment and things in fallout 3 just for me it can't be beat i guess yeah like for me it was more of the overall atmosphere of new vegas the whole new vegas itself the actual location in the game is something i love um and i was just a lot more into the whole kaiser's legion and and the, the NCR and everything. Oh, but the, 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 like the characters and story in New Vegas are much better. You know, like they are, they're so much better done. But for, it's funny you mentioned like New Vegas on the strip and everything. I always remember getting to the, the city in New Vegas and just being so disappointed. Really? And underwhelmed. That's a shame. By this tiny little, this tiny little pathway with like four NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> like this is supposed to be the fabulous New Vegas strip, you know? And I know that was due to technical limitations, but still even like the places like Freeside where you just had this big vast empty huge empty map with like the King's building and then a shop at the other side of it and maybe a bar up the other end. I was like it just felt really um I don't know, it felt unfinished to me actually. It felt like it was quickly haphazardly thrown together. Which, as we said, it was. That, that, that was an unfortunate inevitability. Bethesda give them 18 months to do it and then uh, tie bonuses to Metacritic scores. Mm. I mean, that's, those two things are just, fuck you, Bethesda. I wonder, I wonder, are they getting odd? I don't, you know, I don't want to make mean jokes. 
Because I like Bethesda and I like the people who work for them. And uh, well, I mean, Bethesda is a mean joke, so uh, it'd be par for the course. <laughs> we we do have one bit of Bethesda news this week. Oh yeah. You know, you know, last week when we recorded, we were getting those first rumblings of nylon bags, not uh, canvas bags. Yeah. Yeah, that was real. And after like a week of, we're not going to do anything about it. Okay, we'll give you a fiver in microtransactions. Um. Ah, uh, okay, we'll we'll send you the canvas bags, okay? Well, it became untenable. Yeah. They Their first thing, like, the, the customer service email was real. Yeah. That person said they weren't going to do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, Bethesda confirmed that. Then offered people 500 atoms, which isn't enough to get much of anything. You can get, like, a door or a hat or two. It's not enough to get the in-game skin of the postman that has a canvas bag he carries around. You can't even get a canvas bag with the fake money they gave you. Um, and then there was that thing where they were they gave out canvas bags to media influencers. Not the yeah. same canvas bag, and in much more limited quantities, but... The fact it was canvas was hilarious. Yes, it was It was just they couldn't deny that fact once it had got out there. Yeah. And, you know, just the fact that they kept saying it was a shortage of materials when it... It's fucking canvas, you cheap sods. It's fucking canvas. It, it's the stuff they ship, like, you know, they ship potatoes in canvas. Yeah. You know, make it out of potato sacks or something. Like, I've got canvas in this office. They can have some of mine if they're short. There's a post-apocalyptic uh, Far Cry being announced tomorrow. Oh, or tonight, oh. There's a Fallout 4 joke in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I love that game. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. It will be a better looking, more involving live service post-apocalypse than Fallout 76. I already know this. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this very short little trailer here and there's nukes going off. I'm like, <laughs> woo, woo. This looks kind of like what I wanted Fallout 76 to be. <laughs> uh, There's a Half-Life saw blade flying around. Nice. Cool. I'm into that. Far Cry is... Far Cry has become an always decent series. It's a bit like Battlefield in that it's always just going to have this baseline quality because of the amount of money and experience that's gone into it. And it's the settings that really... Uh, help them differentiate i agree with you but i have to say the recent one for me it did the formula was starting to feel a little bit stale yeah and i hope they do something new with this post-apocalyptic one i think that often depends on the setting like i i liked far cry primal a lot mm -hmm. i didn't really care for far cry 4 um and far cry 5 was decent but it didn't keep me engaged it's it's sort of a game like a lot of ubisoft games now where it's like if i got nothing else to play that right there is a guaranteed weekend of something to do if I've got a yeah. really empty weekend. Because it'll be all right. Uh, and then that's how I was with Far Cry 5. And this year there was just a lot of stuff to get through. So I kind of put it on the back burner after I did a video on it. Mm -hmm. But when things quieten down, I might re-download it and play, it, play some more of it because mm -hmm. it's fine. Mm -hmm. But post-apocalypse Far Cry, that might be enough to... to revitalize it more so that's the thing is far cry is most interesting when it's trying new different settings when it's not just trying to be modern day far cry again like i've enjoyed stuff like far cry blood dragon was was pretty fantastic uh even if i think its introduction is not great uh far cry primal i enjoyed for that reason i didn't i couldn't 
Far Cry Primal was the only one I, I just couldn't finish it. It was, I think the thing that helped for me is it was the first of the big Far Cry games that I actually played and stuck through. Like, I didn't have a yeah. lot of past history with the formula. Uh-huh. But uh, that, that that definitely helped. I, st- I, st- I still think 2 was the best one. <laughs> I, I loved Far Cry 2 up until the point where um, it crashed and fucked my entire save up. I'll say this, it hasn't dated well at all. But uh, just for what it was and how unique and different it was, I, I, it's almost like it's almost unfair to compare them because they are almost like a different series at this point. But bugs aside, it's great. But there are a lot of fucking bugs and a lot of game breaking ones. I said I, I ended up in a point where I couldn't I couldn't move more than a couple of feet before the game crashed, um, and that was pretty common. But when it was running, it was a very good game. I'd love to see them go back to that African setting. That's such a cool underused setting in games. Um, that was good. Far Cry 3 I really liked. I thought that was a, a solid game. It is. But criminally underusing Vass. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's almost, almost, but not quite a bait and switch, um, which yeah. is a shame. Uh, and and the other, the other antagonists just... And nowhere near, no. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. Um, yeah, Far Cry Four. It was all right. I didn't. I didn't care for it too much. It was, uh, Troy Baker as Pagan Man. It was a decent villain, but felt a bit too much like right. Everyone loved Vass. Every every game now needs to have the villain who will do the monologue um, that we can put in E3 trailers. I think that's. Fine. I mean, if the series is getting known for having cool villains, I think that's that's something cool, and I think that's something they they should expand upon. Oh yeah, but you but you should have a cool villain. <laughs> <laughs> you should have the cool villain first, not <laughs> not have the open slot for a villain and be like, right, make that villain cool. It doesn't work. Cool, cool, memorable things don't work that way, in in my opinion. Mm. You know, it was like when EA was constantly trying to beat. Call of Duty in sales and, and everything. Mm. I'm like, if you make a game just to try and beat Call of Duty, you're never going to beat Call of Duty. Just make your fucking game. That's how we got Medal of Honor Door Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember your song from that. You did do a song on that one, didn't you? Yeah. I did because I was asked at the time to review the game for The Escapist. Believe it or not, folks, I once oh. upon a time wrote a couple of game reviews. And uh, part of the rev- for part of the review, I did a song describing the experience of the game, which went Medal of Honor, Door Fighter, kicking down doors. I remember that one. Wherever we go. There's some great lines in that. That was a great song. They're so shitty and wooden. I hate wooden shit. I'm the vandal of your handle. Make your splinters split. <laughs> <laughs> that is way too fucking poetic for oh. such a stupid song. <laughs> Lovely. The vandal of your handle. <laughs> Warfighter was mediocre, like to an almost offensive degree. You can be the vandal of my handle, Jim. Oh, rise up, gamers, rise up. Uh, so other things we played this week. Um, I the only video game adjacent thing I played this week wasn't actually a video game. It was a thing tied into a video game. Uh. I've been playing some of that Binding of Isaac Four Souls, that uh, card game that was uh, kickstarted. I kickstarted that. Where's my fucking? I keep seeing people tweet pictures of their their rifles. (laughs) Kickstarted (laughs) that shit. Where's mine? Macmillan. 
Me, 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 me lovely fiance Jane uh, kickstarted it a while ago, and ours turned up like just before last weekend, I think. And uh, so, uh, I think generally it's a it's a good fun card game. Um, it keeps the the sort of flow of Binding of Isaac in that it's lots of random items, fight enemies. If you die, just jump back in, and it it's not a big deal. Um, I really like the way they've done the combat system in it. It's really simple. It's very similar to Dungeons and Dragons armor class system. Yeah. Where basically you have a, a six-sided die, you roll it, and there'll be a thing on the card that's like, if you roll a four or above, you attack the monster. If you roll below that number, the monster attacks you. Right. You've got your damage that you deal and how much health they've got. And once you start a fight, it's like one of you two is going to die, either the monster or you. You you don't stop attacking till one of you dies. And it makes for a really nice, snappy, well-paced game, where it is just a lot of very quickly cycling through items and trying to get your build right so that you can get through these difficult, very specific, sometimes, dice rolls. Um, nice. Yeah, it's a really nice little game. Um, I have one current complaint about it, and I need to play it with more people, is the minimum number of people that they, they say you can play it with is two. And some of the cards just do not make for a fun experience in a two-player game. Um, so the one that we came across was uh, Monstro's Tooth, which can be used to once per turn destroy an item fr from one of the other players. And the problem is, is that you only get one item per turn. Right. And if someone gets if someone gets this early on in a two-player game, yeah, they can just completely destroy your card economy to the point that you can't build anything up, and it's just not fun. Just unplayable. Yeah. Yeah, like there's there's a couple of cards like that that I can understand how they work in a three-player game. Where, let's say in a three-player game, uh, you'd be splitting who you're using that monstro's tooth on between two players. Players would have twice as much chance to build themselves back up. Players could team together to be like, this this thing is kicking our asses, let's deal with that. You you had have options with three people that in two player, like we we were playing for a while and just like I was drawing a card and if I couldn't if I couldn't do anything with that card in that moment, it would get destroyed as soon as my turn ended. I was like, this is not fun. But uh with the exception of some of those cards that we're just going to homebrew out when we play two-player, it's it really does capture the the sort of just quickly jump in, keep fighting things. If you die, it's not a big deal. Just keep going nature of Binding of Isaac. And that's really nice. That's good. Because I know that was... Um, uh, McMullen wanted to do that. Like, really wanted to try and translate how the game, the video game feels yeah. in a card format. Well, that's that's the thing. It's basically like every turn you're getting a little bit of like bombs, keys or money. You get a little bit of those basic resources as you go. Defeating bosses is generally what progresses you forward. If you die, the, the penalty is just you lose one gold, one item, one card from your hand and you just jump back in with no like... None of your actual progression in the game is taken back if you lose and you just like jump back in on your next turn it's it's a really nice game for keeping everyone in and being like take a chance if you die it's not the end of the world just keep going yeah i'm a, I'm a big fan of that i, I want to play it with like more than two people but yeah it's 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 pretty good i'm a fan i'm gonna have to 
I'm gonna have to check it out if my copy ever arrives. Indeed, I I think you would dig it. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, because I need to go down the coast where uh, my mate Jay and I go up there with flannel and we play a lot of board games and card games and that. And I never bring mm. anything, but that like I've got the Bloodborne card game. I just never brought yeah. it to the gaming thing. But I, yeah, I should. I want to get that and bring that. I just need it to get here. Yeah, I, I think this works really nicely, even if you're not a Binding of Isaac person. Like, the, the card game itself is... It makes a lot of sense, and it's a lot of fun to get through. It's, like, very pacey card economy, so it's yeah. it's nice. Um, okay. what, about, what about you, Jim? What have you been playing this week? Um, let's see. I didn't put Red Dead Online on the list, but I played that. Um, oh, yeah, I played a bit of that. I forgot I played a bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's fun. Yeah. And they they are apparent like I didn't I wasn't as harsh towards it as some people wanted me to be in my Jim Impressions video, but that's mostly because it is in beta, and I do at least want to give them that much. Mm. But in its current state, hell of an unrewarding game when it comes to in-game rewards. The amount of money you get is a pittance, and they deliberately jacked up the prices of things, jacked up the prices, jacked down the payouts, yeah. and you could see just how blatant it is it's like hey place from the office it's just everything has its own cost and it's all about grinding you down it's not about giving you fun and giving you rewards yeah um they did say and this is again why i wasn't as harsh they are gonna be changing the payouts and rebalancing that we will of course have to see how it is um once it's out of beta if it is how i dread it's gonna go then all bets are off and i'm gonna really tear into it yeah i'm 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 bracing myself already for like this is all right now and right now i'm kind of enjoying it but like i saw where gta online ended up and i'm like oh oh no we're going that way yeah and and of course they they jacked up the prices of things in gta online exactly and you know we're in this period right now where a lot of games decide to make more money after the games come out. Um, things like Call of Duty uh, now put microtransactions in after launch. Mm. And it's been theorised that's so that reviewers don't talk about them. Um, I don't think publishers are that bothered about reviewers, although it is a side effect that does need to be talked about. I, 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 I disagree with you on that one. I honestly think that is a thing that is being done actively, that, like hiding microtransactions from review builds i think is a very real thing it could very well be a motivation but it's i i feel like a lot of people can overestimate how publishers think of reviewers like when they think reviewers are always being bribed it's like no publisher cares enough to bribe a reviewer the reason i believe that's a real thing is because we had shit like like uh battlefront battlefront 2 where the entire in-game economy was different before launch yeah and again, it feels like it was to not let people, reviewers, complain about how you were forced to spend money. I mean, you make a fair, yeah, it's a compelling argument. It is also worth worth noting that there are there are many occasions in which the uh, the media consensus is hugely different mm. to the public consensus yeah. on a game. Yeah. Even even without microtransactions. Oh no, yeah, yeah. What I feel might be a big determining factor. I won't rule out bypassing reviews you do make a good argument look at no man's sky um well yeah i'd rather not look at no man's sky um <laughs> but i feel like part of it is get people invested in the game first to get them hooked 
then introduce the money when they're well and truly dangling. Uh, I feel it might be part of the whole psychological term players into payers yeah. uh, mentality. It it may very well be both. I mean, it certainly benefits them. The reviewers aren't talking about them. People are playing the game, then just, yeah. just slyly, just it's an insidious thing. Either way, it's insidious. I I think I think both are factors in it. Like, yeah, I mean, both of them are things that. They are, the publishers are probably very happy about both of those. Yeah, both of them definitely help. Um, and I'm going to have to like do an episode on that at some point, um, the, the post-microtransaction thing, because it's happened in a few things. Uh, and it's, you know, it's disappointed me in a few ways. Like, I, I won't ever give a Game of the Year award to, uh, award to a uh, premium game with microtransactions, because they don't belong there, and it fundamentally undermines um, a game. As far as I'm concerned, does that um, does that include if the single player portion doesn't have them? Yeah. So my my question is is Red Dead eligible? <laughs> it wasn't eligible to begin with. Yeah. I, it, it the game had too many criticisms on my side for me to consider it. But no, it wouldn't have been included. It's in my top five for sure, but it's no, it's definitely not my 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 game of the year. But the for the, the heartbreaker for me was Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare Two because I love that series of games. I think they're really fucking fun, and I loved uh, Garden Warfare Two enough to have it on my shortlist. And then a couple of weeks later, in go the microtransaction. I'm just like fuck you, um, Rocket League kept them away from the game long enough for it to become one of my games of the year. And then sometime after, not that they were waiting for me at all, it was just the time became ripe and microtransactions became fashionable and they put them in. I think they've even got loot boxes now. Um, If it mattered, I'd retract the award, but I don't think it really matters. Um, But certainly there's a big asterisk by that one if, if people are totting up my awards. Um... We were talking about Red Dead Online, weren't we? Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to play missions with other players. That's all fun. Yeah. Um, obviously, people can shoot anyone, so there's griefing. Um, I've avoided much of it. I, I, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. I, I think what helps is it's such a huge map and such a relatively small number of players per instance. Like, I just wasn't running into too many people too often. No? Oh, I mean, I... I ran into a fair few people myself. I was, I was, I was running into people, but it, it wasn't like I was, you know, being hounded by people. Yeah, it's all probability, I guess. Yeah. Um, certainly more populous feeling than Fallout seventy six. Oh god, yeah. And certainly no like homophobic hunting parties like there was in Fallout seventy six. Yeah, and there's actual content to go to. There's stuff to do. Uh, NPCs to talk to, uh, not just in missions even, but uh, in the world. It's amazing. It's like it's like they made a video game or something. Um, but yeah, it's the cynicism is on the game sleeve, um, and I will be checking it out when it's out of beta as well. But um, what Fallout seventy six? Oh, <laughs> tell me when it's finally in beta. Um, but yeah, that's Red Dead Online. I got offered actually. Um... To play the beta of an, a very very big game that's coming out soon, and it's not no, it's not a beta. It's an alpha, I think. Is is this the uh, the the anthem one that's happening soon? Yeah, and I don't know if I really want to play it until the full game is out. To be honest, so there's I'm I'm torn on on anthem in, in, and giving it a go in that like 
I have zero interest for that game, and I don't know whether playing some of it early would yeah. show me why I should be caring about it and that it is fun, or whether it's just going to be the final nail in the coffin and I will never try this game. Yeah. I feel like EA has just killed my interest in EA games. Yeah. Like, I used to give a shit about them. They've, they've killed my interest in Bioware stuff. That's what they've done. Yeah. EA's involvement in games and the the business decisions that have influenced their design are such that none of them... It's like, I almost didn't bother with Battlefield Five, um, but then it was like a bit of a quiet day and I'm like, well, I can get a video done for it. Um, and once the video was done, I never went back to it. I've uninstalled mm. it already. Uh, EA are making... Very much like Ubisoft, games of a quality, um, for the most part, not counting Andromeda, of course, um, but uh, most of their games are of this certain quality where it's like, okay, the budget's in there, the, the team are experienced, they know how to, from a cookie sheet, make a decent quality game. But unlike Ubisoft, not much imagination is in them either. At least Ubisoft still has creativity going on for them this would be fine but the fact that it's bioware they've got doing this is a little bit upsetting it's because like I, I i mean who knows maybe the game will have a brilliant story but they haven't shown us any i'm I'm still waiting for ea to just finally kill bioware like they have every other studio they've got on their hands on well well we'll, we'll see i mean we're supposed to be getting that dragon age announcement tomorrow but who knows we'll see yeah Bioware need to knock it out of the park yeah. with the next Dragon Age. I think that's it. They need Anthem as well. I think for their continued survival, they need Anthem to do very well. I don't see Anthem doing well. You know, people already have Destiny. and It's that way that I'm torn where I want it to do well so that the company doesn't go under and we have a chance of getting good Bioware games again. Mm. But also, I don't want it to sell well, because if it does, this is the only Bioware games we will ever get again. Mm. I'm like, I don't know how this sells to get me the good Bioware games again. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say automatically that Bioware are for the chopping block. Like, I was I was a lot more confident with Visceral. No, no, but... But they are in a shaky position. Dragon Age 4 if that's what it's going to be, or three, or whatever they call it, needs to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. They are one major flop away from being at serious execution risk, I feel. Yeah, because, like, Mass Effect Andromeda did not do well. Yeah. They survived a hit. I don't know that they can survive a second big hit without a big positive to, like, bring them back up. Mm. Yeah. Because EA will immediately recoup any losses by laying a lot of people off. Yeah. That's what they do. Mm. Oh, uh, just a bit of a side note. Fun little gaming story that's popped up while we're uh, recording the episode this week. Do you remember from the mid-2000s that artist Soldier Boy that had that one song that mentioned Soldier Boy a bunch? Oh, yes. Soldier Boy, who for me will ever be only infamous for his review of Braid. Oh! Which I hope you've both seen. I've not seen this and I feel like this is a thing I need to check out now. I think I did many years ago. You can trace the decline of America to that one review. <laughs> Someone mentioned Soldier Boy to me today. What, what's going on there? So, so uh, he's, he's back involved in video games. Uh, did you know he's got his own, uh, his own video game handheld and home console that have just released? Did you know this? 
There's a new new competitor in the in the console scene. Uh. It is called, let me find the name, the Soldier Game Handheld. Brilliant. And um apparently, apparently for 99 for $99.99, it will play Switch games, 3DS games, Vita, Neo Geo, Game Boy Color, Game Boy, GBA. I'm sure it plays all of these legally. Is he made a Raspberry Pi? Is he just selling a Raspberry Pi? <laughs> Not quite, but like pretty fucking close. Like, you know what he's done? He's gone on AliExpress, which is the uh, the Asian like bulk order wholesale website. Bought a bunch of cheap um, emulator handhelds <laughs> and just told people it's got his name on it. Like, it's not even like he's printed his name onto the handheld or anything. He asset flipped a console. Um, yeah, he's like, he's not even gone through to the degree of like, take out the bit where it says that it plays Switch and 3DS games because it clearly fucking doesn't. It's like, he's he's buying a bunch of bulk emulator boxes and calling them his new game console. That's a hardware asset flip. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's something. Um, it's it's got a it's got a three inch screen and a D pad, and it's build build in three thousand games download support. Yeah, wow. crank uh, that, crank that soldier boy. Now I understand because I I put up a Jim impressions of the PlayStation Classic and someone replied with, "I thought the PlayStation Classic was the laziest, most cynical hardware release this year." Then Soldier Boy happened. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's going on. If you're looking for a laugh, right, after the podcast, because don't pause it, because that's blasphemy. <laughs> yeah, fuck off with that. Soldier Boy provides his thoughts on Braid. Just go find that video on YouTube. If you, if you want your brain, if you want your brain to fold inside itself. <laughs> I had no idea until today that he... I had no idea he was into video games. I, I don't know what I do with that information now, but... Soldier Boy and Braid sound familiar, so I, I think I may have watched it yeah. a long time ago. Suffice to say, his review of the game is that because you can rewind time in Braid, it makes the game pointless. Oh, oh yeah! Yeah! Now, he doesn't say it quite like that, but... Uh... <laughs> but it is... It's about that mechanic, yeah. Yeah, what's the point if you can just rewind? Oh yeah. Well, that's that's what Soldier Boy is up to for all of you Soldier Boy fans who were wondering what his new projects were. I think that the the cross section of of Soldier Boy and Podquisition fans is pretty big. It's it's like it's a circle. That's like they say the Venn diagram's a circle, yeah. The Venn yeah. diagram's a circle. Um Yeah. You played anything else, anyone? Jim, do you want to talk about that PlayStation Classic a bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did briefly mention that I played it, and then we, we moved on to slagging off EA, which I've always got time for. Um, yeah, it's it's not Soldier Boy handheld bad, but it ain't great. Mm. It's... As, as a display piece, I guess it's okay, but at that point, they should have made die-cast metal replica PlayStations and sold those as just mm. ornaments. Um because this one in in my house is probably going to be more ornamental than anything. Uh, right now, just because I don't have the PS3 hooked up, um, in fact, I don't even know where I put it. So right now it's the quickest way to play Metal Gear Solid, uh, the quickest way to play something like Wild Arms. Well, it's it's not the best way to play Metal Gear Solid, though, because you, you, know you know that whole like really cool moment in that fight with Psycho Mantis at the end where your controller moves around? That don't work on the classic because it's got no vibration. Oh, you can't make it vibrate. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, they they went with the really old PlayStation controllers, no analog sticks or anything. Mm. Um, so it's just lightweight in the hand. Kind of hard to go back to after you've played, you know, with modern controllers. Yeah. Um, something as simple as just the curvature of, of triggers on, on modern controllers feels distinct in its absence. Y- you know what I kept thinking about this PlayStation Classic is like, just put in a little Bluetooth thing and let us use PS4 controllers we've already got. Because it's got all the same buttons. Yeah. We could have the vibration and the analog stick without you having to pay extra to make them. Yeah. Just let us use those. At least according to the FAQs, it's, it's not compatible with anything else. No. Just just these. Um, with their short cords. Not as short as the NES Classics, which was just fucking ridiculous. But uh, like I've had to pull the PlayStation classic nearer to me which i guess saves some time because in order to switch games you've got to press a button on the physical console yeah so stupid they're making a lot of the same mistakes that nintendo did with theirs and like it feels less forgivable because a they had nintendo as an example of what not to do and b it's sony we expect them to do better than this like you expect you expect weird technical hiccups from Nintendo because they're a little behind the time sometimes, but you don't expect it from Sony. No, this is the bare minimum. The bare minimum required to squirt something out before Christmas. And it's so obvious what they've done and haven't done. You know, they saw the success of the NES and SNES Classic, thought, right, we're entitled to a piece of that pie, hastily put this together and and threw it out the door and didn't even bother to get a lineup. Because I've said several times, you won't get a lineup to please everyone. Mm. But this is a lineup that won't please anyone <laughs> at all. So, some of its biggest omissions are very clearly because they don't want to capitalise on sales of remasters that have happened. Like, lack of Crash Bandicoot, Spyro and Medieval is totally because buy the new ones, please. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely... Uh... It looks that way. Yeah, which is disappointing because you you would think if if this old version is enough to not have you buy the new version, is your new version really that good? Yeah. Although, I mean, I'll say this: um, they do have Oddworld new and uh, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey on there, but I would wholeheartedly recommend anyone automatically pick up New and Tasty if you want to play Oddworld. Mm. It's just better, and I love the Oddworld series. I grew up loving that shit, but. New and Tasty is such a delightful remake, and a full-on one, and it's well worth getting. Um, that's the only one that has a, a modern analogue um, in terms of uh, being on this system and having a remake. Uh, the other games are just... Some of them are hits, some of them, you know, Metal Gear Solid surprisingly aged well. Yeah. Uh, it's so playable still. It aged really well. I wish that we had memory cards and rumble so that some of the coolest things about that game still worked. But, like, yeah. the majority of that game has held up really well. Yeah, uh, that's good. Wild Arms um, is is a fun nostalgia trip. They're honestly the only two I care about playing. Yeah, a, a lot of this compilation is just really big reminders of how bad a lot of early 3d graphics looked yes particularly any like racing games yeah they don't even have to be 3d games gta is hateful to play it's it's not aged great and that wouldn't be so bad if not for the fact that and i don't know if 
the game was always like this, or if this is one of those PAL versions, because the game's got nine PAL versions, not NTSE versions, because again, they couldn't be bothered. It would take resources to offer both versions or clear up the discrepancy, so they just didn't bother. Oh, fun fact about that. Have you heard that you can get into the dev menu and switch them to 60 frames a second? <laughs> oh, I, I did see comments telling me you could put a keyboard in. Yeah. The, first, the best thing about the GTA either 1 or 2, whichever one it was that I played at the time, was that it had Jesse by Paul in the soundtrack. It's a fucking great <laughs> song. <laughs> Sorry, I had uh, to get that in there. No, that's all right. Gav's, Gav's music cast. It's <laughs> difficult to play. Yeah. But visually, it, it made my eyes quite literally physically water because the scrolling yeah. when the screen moves is so bad. So bad. Uh. Ray Rayman looks all right still. Rayman still works. I mean, that's one of those games where like, this is the problem with the PlayStation and the PlayStation Classic is, even when I was a kid, and these graphics were new, they looked shit most of the time compared to older consoles. So why the NES and SNES Classic works because those graphics, the sixteen bit and eight bit graphics, they're hard to date. Um, a bit, a bit more so, uh, easier to date, sorry. Yeah, it's the PS1 and 64 generation. It was just the awkward teething years of 3D. And yes. It, you could get away with it because of the, like, fuzz of CRT. You can't get away with it so much on an HD telly. In clarity on a big screen, GTA, uh, GTA is painful. Um, and as you say, some of the games like Ridge Racer, uh... Like, sometimes the graphics are so muddy, you don't even know where the road is. Yeah. Uh, it's just jaggy and blurry. And, and you know, I don't want to bag on old games too much. I knew I was getting a, a system of PlayStation games. But, yeah, it does remind you that a lot of them haven't aged well. And they didn't pick games that might have aged better. You know, Metal Gear Solid is probably the best. And the RPGs, you know. Um Final Fantasy and Wild Arms, control-wise, uh, they still work. Uh, but yeah. then, you know, it's easier for me to play Final Fantasy VII and eight and nine. Um, is eight on the PS4? Or did that get left out as well? But they'll be on Switch as well soon. Eight is the one, I think, that never gets re-released on anything because they've lost the original source code, I think. But you can certainly get seven and nine, which the PlayStation Classic doesn't have, doesn't have nine. Um, you can play them easier elsewhere. Uh, and that's the only benefit this system has, is if you don't have an easier way to play these games. Yeah. And even then, it might be worth it to just get a PS3 and download the PlayStation 1 Classics on that. Yeah. At, at least then Psycho Mantis can rumble your controller. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't get a quick anjibber off Psycho Mantis. What, what's the point? What even <laughs> is the point? What even is the point? What even is the point? The UI, the, the menu's so bad as well. Uh, this this rotating menu of games across this purple screen with no effort gone into it to make it nice. It's a weak selection of games, and the presentation of the games is weak. Um, the, the phrase bare minimum has been used by so many people with regards to this, and it's the phrase that works best. Mm. The PlayStation Classic is the bare minimum of effort, time, resources allocated to it. And it's a bare minimum experience. It's it's a shame. Uh, but I knew what I was getting into. The only reason I didn't cancel my order for it was literally to cover it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bothered. Yeah. And I don't recommend anyone bother at all. Oh. So that's that. Is that, that a place for us to do a wrap-up for the week? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did play Just Cause 4 as well, but I'll talk about that next week after I played a bit more. It's more of the same, but a bit more involved. It's a big sandbox of things to blow up. I, I started playing uh, Divinity, oh. so I'll talk about that next week, but I have actually started now, and I'm actually having kind of a good time. Have you met Fane yet? Uh, not yet, but I'm having a good time so far. I'm having a good time. Did you make your own character or pick... Um... Uh, made my own. Okay, okay. You're going to have to do two playthroughs because, like, the characters are so good. <laughs> no, I'm not... I'm not going to pressure you to do that in a in a like 140 hour game. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get it, we'll get into it next week. I I have started. I've started and I'm enjoying it. We'll we'll leave the rest till next week. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm some rabid fanboy of this game. I'm like enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'll rise try. up. Gamers rise up. Oh dear, how can our listeners rise up and check out more of your content on the internet, Laura? Uh, you can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can find both of me books that are up on the internet that will come out sometime next year and you can put money for, down for them now if you like. That's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt and Uncomfortable Labels, uh, two very different things I'm, I've been working on. I'm also on Dice Funk, which is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. They're all self-contained stories. And I'm on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where me and my fiancé just have a bit of a giggle, try and make each other laugh with silly voices and skits. Wonderful. Yeah, that's it, I think. You know what? After a hard day's rising up, I like to kick back and listen to some relaxing music. Uh, and inspiring music, and a wide range of genres, mostly centred around video game stuff. Um... If only there was someone I knew who did that. Gavin! Yeah? How about you? Do you know anyone who could provide such things? Hmm, well, there's this guy I follow on YouTube. Uh, he just passed half a million subscribers, actually. Ooh! Yeah, his name's Gav. And uh, he'd like to give a special shout-out to the seven of you of that 500,000 who get frequently notified of his new songs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for real though, that's pretty cool. Half a million subscribers. Thanks for that. That's great. That's um, awesome. You can hear my stuff on Spotify. You can hear my stuff on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. And I'm just, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm after starting a new website. Um, I, my old one was just too hard to manage with WordPress. So, and I have updated all my guidelines. So, if any of you out there are streamers, like Twitch streamers or whatever, my music is all completely DMCA free. So you can use my music in your streams. The best way to do it is through Pretzel Rocks. Look them up because that way I get paid a nice little fee for it as well. So, so yeah, there you go. Great. Things are going good. Awesome. And my album's coming out next week of all my songs, all my songs from this year. So What's that called? Is that another level? It's level nine. I can't believe I've got level nine. nine of these fuckers now. Fuck. Yeah. That's one a year, right? Um, there were two in one of the years very early okay. on when I was working at a pace that could frankly only be described as ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since then I've slowed down and it's one every December now. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right, level nine. Level nine this December. Look forward to that. Um, as for me, you know most of my stuff. Um, we got the Jimquisition Awards and the shittiest games of the year coming up this month. Looking forward to that. Um and what else we got? Oh yeah, this Saturday, uh, if you can get in and around Jackson, we got another PWE show. Um, 
this will be my first official, even though we kind of debuted it in Hattiesburg, but I'm not counting that for what went on up there. Um, this will be the first proper appearance of myself as Sterling with uh, the Stardust character sort of in the sidelines at the moment. Um, still haven't got my new spandex, but we're, we're running the... The, what everyone's calling the Dark Man look, but I'm calling it the um, Puppet Master 2 look because I'm that awful of a human being. Um, but the bandaged face that I have to wear to protect myself after the horrible, savage assault that I undertook um, and and had to. I was victimised by at the hands of Wes Warren. So we can check out the fallout of, of everything and the new. The new Styles champion, my my delectable Ursa Major. I'm going to check all that out. That's at the Hideaway in Jackson this weekend, Saturday night, 6pm, bell ring. And that's that. Uh, thank you all for listening, as always. Thank you for the support. Um, it's been especially good these past few weeks. Um, a lot of people checking out my my videos and sharing stuff and everything you've you've had some you've had some big big numbers on those vids we've, we've it's yeah it's been a good timing a good appear like a little bit of pr uh, and really good subject matter and some good videos jim come on the content's not bad either and some good videos um <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all for that and uh we will see you next week goodbye bye, bye.